Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Doctor Matters Podcast. It is so good to be back here doing doing this podcast and uh, enjoying doing what we do here at the Doctor Matters Podcast. It's been a while, and that's okay. And uh, if you've been with us, you know that we had started out talking about going through uh, the attributes of God, but we have kind of put that on hold. There's kind of been some other things come up, some other things that we've talked about along the way, and that's okay. And what we're going to do is what I've figured out that uh, is probably going to be best right now is there are so many things that we could be talking about as well, uh, just as far as the attributes of God. But this is a way to talk about some things that really need to be talked about. And uh, I know that several people listen to this podcast, so this is a great way to talk about some things, to share it with your friends. Because, listen, everything that we're going to talk about here, you can share with somebody because somebody that you know is either struggling with some of these things that we're going to talk about they have gone through these things that we're going to talk about and uh, maybe headed towards some of these things that we're going to talk about. So we're going to pick up the attributes of God here in a few weeks. Matter of fact, I'm going to start a, a preaching a sermon series in the, about four or five weeks from now through the attributes of God at our church called Who is God? And uh, I'll basically run a podcast a week and probably start doing two a week then one about the attributes of God and one about kind of current events in the the world of Christianity and the world of church and things like that because there's so much I just want to talk about and get out there and uh, so much doctrine that needs to be put out there as well. So we're going to hold off on the attributes of God until we run that concurrent with our sermon series at our church at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. So uh, with that being said, there are a bunch of things that we can talk about uh, that are going on in the world of church and the world of Christianity right now. And uh, the biggest thing that I want to talk about is is pastoral ministry. I want to talk about that specifically, not only for the pastors out there that are listening or those that have been pastors before they're listening. I want the common layperson, the common church member uh, that is out there in your churches, I want you to listen to this too because you could be a, a, a change in your local church to keep this trajectory from uh, going down the same path. It could change the trajectory. You could be an agent of change in your local church. But one of the things that bothers me more than anything when it comes to pastoral ministry is people within the church, whether it be other leadership, deacons, or uh, just men and women within the church that particularly have been there for a long time. Maybe their family grew up there. Maybe they grew up there in church as well. And uh, they kind of see the church as their own and uh, that they kind of lay claim to it and what they say goes. And if you're a pastor, you know exactly what I'm talking about and what I'm going to talk about today. But basically, I want to talk about pastoral ministry, the way the Bible teaches it, us to be pastors and the way that churches accept the way that the Bible teaches us to be pastors. Now, let me go ahead and clear this up right now. There are a lot of people under the name of pastor that are doing things contrary to the Word of God in their churches and I'll give you an example. One of the biggest things that I hate to see is this thing at Church by the Glades is a church down in Florida that is, is they're just doing things that are contrary to the Word of God, in my opinion. Uh, the guy gets up and uh, he preaches in skin-tight pants, and they do sensual songs and music on the, their stages, and they have uh, 
uh, a little bit of gospel presentation, but to be honest with you, there's no gospel presentation there at all. It's just a relevant to the culture type atmosphere that is lacking the Bible, lacking the word. And uh, there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of people that are prosperity preachers that are trying to get you to give you to give you give them their money. Wow, I don't know what that was, but they're trying to make you give them money in the name of Jesus. And we know that if you've been listening at all, you know that we don't believe that here at the Doctor Matters podcast. And then there's pastors that are doing their best to be biblical. They're doing their best to teach the Word of God week in and week out and be faithful in that. And many of these guys don't have large congregations, so they don't find themselves in this large church setting. There are some guys that do find themselves in a large church setting that are trying to be biblical when it comes to preaching the Word of God and to uh, teach sound doctrine. Now, what typically happens, and I've seen and heard this way too often, is that Primarily when a new pastor comes in to the pastorate and he comes into this church and, and normally the way we do, uh, what, the way we call a pastor is is just these days in my opinion, it, it's just backwards, it's wrong, it's too quick and uh, uh, my good friend and mentor, Dr. T.J. Francis from Sovereign Grace Church in White House, Tennessee, he and I have had multiple conversations about this, about how the pastoral search process the the search itself seems very long, but when they narrow it down to the, that guy, they bring him in for a weekend, have a meal, have him stand up and preach, and then the church votes on him that day. Now, I tend to think that that's hurting not only the church, but it hurts the pastor and his family as well, because you can't expect to know somebody. You can't expect to understand somebody's theology and the doctrines that they hold to, and you can't understand to uh, un- begin to understand their family in just a few hours over a weekend, over a meal or maybe a meet and greet, maybe a question and answer time. Because let's face it, a pastor is going to put his best foot forward. Most of the time he's going to say the things that are going to be agreeable. Uh, 99% of the time he's not going to do anything or say anything that's going to rock the boat. Now, if we were to have a longer time for pastoral candidates to come through and maybe make it a week long to where people can come in uh, they can have lunch with the, the pastoral candidate and his family. They can uh, come in and have coffee with him. They can uh, have dinner with his family. They can do all these sorts of things throughout the week. And give him two weeks at least to preach in front of the congregation. Give him a Wednesday night to lead a Bible study in the church. Now, this is not what this podcast is about, but it's simply, in my opinion, the way we call pastors these days is too quick, too soon, And a lot of times people are just tired of the search process and ready to put the man in the position without really knowing who he is. And what happens is these men that come in and they serve in the church in this pastoral role, a lot of guys come in and they want to be as biblical as they can be. Now, I'm not going to get into my story right now on this episode, but uh, I would love to tell the story of, of where I came in to a new pastorate and where I am now in that same pastorate and how God in his power, wisdom, and will has just put his glory on display and that um, things that have gone on and happened. I'll save that for another time and another day. But typically, guys that come in and want to be biblical are the first ones that get sent out of the church packing in a year or less. And what I mean by that is they come in and they want to be biblical. And when you get down to being biblical, 
when you start unpacking doctrines and you back these doctrines up with scripture and you let it, let the scripture interpret scripture, then you are going to do one of two things. It's going to land in the congregation. Some of the people are going to eat it up. They're going to love it. They're going to want more of it. They're going to grow spiritually as a result. But then there's this other section of the congregation that are going to hear things that they weren't taught when they were kids, that they don't agree with, that even if you show them the scripture and take them through the word of God, at length, they will still deny God's word. And that group of people has primarily been a small number, but the smallest number of people that push back on things like this, that push back when the pastor changes something or when the pastor goes deep into scripture and starts ruffling a few feathers are the same people that hold the most weight in the church. I don't understand it. I don't know how it happens like that. It's just somebody that's been there for 90 years and their parents and grandparents grew up in that church. And some reason they think that that they own that church. And if somebody doesn't do what they want done, then they raise all sorts of ruckus in the church. And eventually they pinpoint the pastor and without care or regard of him or his family, they move him on down the road without care. Maybe they'll give him some little severance package, but at the end of the day, a severance, a severance package doesn't cover the hurt and the damage done to the pastor himself or his family. So we find ourselves as pastors wanting to be biblical, but being met with confrontation from a small group of people who seem to carry the most weight. I have a, a dear brother in our congregation that is a pastor, and, and uh, we met, and uh, I'm not going to say his name because I know he listens, but he was there for a year, over a year, helping this congregation uh, as the interim began, became the pastor, and all he wanted to do, and listen to this, folks, was hold the deacons accountable when it comes to church attendance. You You, you might guess that not all deacons show up for church. And I believe that if you're going to be a, a deacon or an elder or have any kind of leadership position within the church, you need to gather with the saints on the Lord's day and you need to do it regularly. Now, I know we all miss church for various reasons, but uh, it, it, it appears that these men in this particular church were not showing up. And uh, this pastor, rightfully so, wanted to hold these men accountable and it ultimately led to him resigning from the position that he was in, which in the providence of God, he uh, is now in our church, and we dearly love this man and his wife, and uh, he is such a blessing to us and serves in a way that we just love and, and thank God for. But it's stories like that over and over and over and over when pastors want to be biblical, they're met with conflict, divisions, destruction, and hateful and hurtful attitudes. That is not what we as pastors should be met with, but we know that any time that we try to do and speak the Lord's work, it's going to be met with opposition, and that's okay. But what's not okay is for people to be professing Christ, to be professing believers, but then have such hateful attitudes toward pastors and towards worship leaders and towards youth pastors and, and, and different people in the ministry that just simply want to do the will of God and teach his word. It is not okay for those people to be hateful and confrontational. And it's not okay to fire somebody 
just because they preach the word that you have trouble understanding, dealing with, agreeing with. And listen, if you're a church member, if you're a pastor, if you're in the the church at all, you will never agree on everything 100% when it comes to doctrine and theology. None of us are going to agree 100%. If I've never f- sat, sat with anyone, talked with anyone that I've agreed with 100%, but at the same time, I've been able to agree to disagree, move forward in love, in fellowship, if we could, and, and, and agree in there. Sometimes you just can't even move forward in fellowship because the primary doctrines are all wrong. But for the most part, I've been able to move forward with brothers and sisters in Christ for the sake of the gospel. But when it comes to somebody that disagrees with your theology, your doctrine, your ways of doing things, you get met with strong opposition. I love what the Apostle Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, and verse 8 and 9. He says, I desire that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Verse 9 says, Likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire. Verse 10, But with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Now, we see this. This is what Paul desires when he's speaking to young Timothy, a pastor himself, that he desires that men should pray lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. That doesn't happen in many churches today. Why? Because they're angered and they're quarreling as a result of a pastor willing to be biblical in everything he does and willing to take a stand and stand firm on the word of God. But we have men that are going against what God wants for his church and they're causing divisions and they're quarreling and they're being angry and they're uh, just being uh, hateful and, and just spewing venom and vitriol. It's just nasty within many churches because they can't wrap their minds around the God of the Bible and what he says in his word. Now, even if they were to disagree and taking a stance from the word as a reason of disagreeing, they can still lift their hands in fellowship as long as these primary doctrines are right. As long as Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, nobody comes to the Father except through him. As long as we know the Trinity is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, three persons, one God. There are many primary doctrines that we must understand and have right We have to believe in the virgin birth, right? We have to believe that Jesus was sinless, that he was not only a teacher, a great rabbi, but he was the God-man, the God in flesh, 100% truly man, 100% truly God. We have to believe these things. But when you get outside of those things, we find ourselves in secondary and tertiary doctrines that it's okay to agree to disagree with, but unfortunately, Pastors are losing their jobs over secondary issues in the Bible, and I don't understand it, and I hope somebody can tell me and help me figure out what we can do to change the trajectory of what's happening in the American church because nobody is concerned about people being saved anymore. They're worried about their opinions being validated from the pulpit, and God has not called us to validate people's opinions from the pulpit. God has called pastors to preach and teach his word. And that's why pastors are to labor in study of the word. They are to labor in prayer for their sermons, for over the word, for the congregation. This is, uh, being a pastor is not just some 
well, we're going to work two hours a week and get paid for it. That is not what a call to pastor is. A call to be a pastor is a noble task. And, and James even tells us in James chapter 3 that not many of you should even become teachers. For you know that those who teach will be judged with greater strictness. So pastors that understand James 3.1 know that they will be judged with a heavier and strict weight than those that are not. So a pastor that understands that is a pastor that wants to be biblical in everything that he does. Everything from how worship gatherings are formed and how they are carried out on Sundays to the greeting ministry to the parking lot ministry if they have one to everything that happens on that campus from time people show up to the time they leave that pastor is going to be concerned about the word of God and sadly he has met with much opposition because people in the congregation do not read their Bibles and they do not study their Bibles let me be clear on this episode of the podcast is I believe that many divisions, many quarrels, many arguments are had over theology in the church, and it's based off of not what Scripture says, but what Google has said, what YouTube has said, what somebody's friend has said, what the ladies sitting down at the restaurant in town, what they say, right? Because you have all sorts of gossip going on outside of the church as well as inside of the church and should not be. I know of people that sit around a table every so often, and there are people that are just spreading lies and rumors and gossip. It's nasty. And there are people that I know that should not be at this table Yet they are, and they're some of the most conflicted people when it comes to doctrine and theology because they're listening to what so-and-so has said seated around the table at lunch. They're listening to what the group has said about theology and doctrine from a pastor down the street instead of going to the Word of God and letting the Word of God shape their theology. I don't plan, I don't, I don't, ever plan to have it all figured out 100% on this side of eternity. I, I, I don't think that'll ever happen with any of us. I don't declare to know it all. I don't claim to be a theologian by any stretch of the means. I do, however, claim to be biblical in everything that I do. And if I stumble as a pastor, if I fall, if I fail, I want to be able to fail and learn from my mistakes. I don't want to be fired just because I've failed in some way. If I want to hold the deacons accountable for church attendance, praise God, we don't have that issue at South Caraway Baptist Church. We've got elders and deacons that love to gather with the saints. They love to show up for church. They love to be there with their family. They love to worship. But if I were to hold one of them accountable, I would not want to fear being fired. But if somehow I did something wrong, something contrary to the Word of God, something that the Word of God doesn't teach, if I were to do something, I would want that opportunity to be able to fail, to learn from my mistakes because there should be other brothers and sisters in the faith that should come alongside of you, encourage you, and sharpen you, and show you where you have failed and help you overcome that and move forward past that so you don't do it again. Not kick you while you're down and then tell you to pack your bags. Many times, it's not even a pastor's fault that they get fired. Many times, it's a church member's 
fault that a pastor is gone or a group of church members. And many times, if you drill down deep, you will find that those church members are unregenerate, that they are not truly believers in Christ Jesus because there has been no change in their lives. If there is someone that has an issue with theology, if there is someone that has an issue with doctrine, then I see in Scripture where those people should sit down with an open Bible. They should teach, love, and gently walk with one another through the Scriptures. And listen to this. At the end of the day, you can agree to disagree. If, for any reason, you can't just get down with the theology and the doctrine of the leadership, then it's okay to break that fellowship in a sense of looking for another church that you can fellowship with. I've had conversations like this many times with several people that have ended up, some have ended up staying at our church, some have ended up respectfully going to other churches, and I tell them the same thing. The door is always open. You are always welcome here. Why? Because there was no division, there was no hostility, there was no anger, there were simple questions, there was there was a, a desire to learn where I stand on certain points in theology and doctrine and helping them walk through that lovingly. And that invitation is always open. The door is always open. You can always return. But it's those that think they own the church, that it belongs to them, that have an ax to grind, that if things don't go their way right away, then they're going to pitch a fit, they're going to take their ball, and they're going to send somebody else home. They're not going to go home. They're not going to go home and study the Scriptures. They're not going to go home and study the Word of God. They're going to go home and print off a Google article that somebody else has written that has ripped the context out of the Word of God and changed it and molded it to fit their belief system instead of letting the Bible mold their belief system. They think they can take their traditions to the Bible. They change them. They rip the context from the pages and then they write an article about it in defense of their position, all the while casting a negative view on the ones that hold to doctrine that differs from them. And people in churches go home, they Google this stuff, they pull it up, and they get the first thing that agrees with them. Why? I've already said it, guys. Because people want their opinions validated from the pulpit. People want what they believe agreed with, said, spoken from the pulpit, and they want to be validated. Nobody likes to have a disagreement with anyone. I, I, I may have spoke too soon. There are some people out there that do enjoy drama. They enjoy arguments. They enjoy, and I think those are probably people that need to be saved. That's neither here nor there. But for the most part, we don't like disagreements. I don't like disagreements. I don't like having a disagreement with my wife. I don't like having a disagreement with my kids. I do not like having a disagreement with my friends. I do not like having a disagreement with my church members. But what I do is sit down with them, talk with them, hear them, and then go to the Word of God with them. Now, I can't say that's exactly what I do every time in my marriage. If you've been married for longer than 30 days, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we do and say things in our marriages that we wish we wouldn't have said, but I digress. And when it comes to the Bible, we have to go to an open word of God after careful study. Now, not to Google, not finding the first YouTube video that 
validates our opinion. So we can bring this back and says, well, this is what I believe and why. And then you say, why do you believe this? Where did you get this from? And they say, well, I watched this video or I read this article or I was talking to my neighbor. Now, we cannot discuss disagreements in theology and doctrine over so-and-so said. We discuss disagreements over do- doctrine and theology over what God has said in his word that is still living, sharp, and active. That is the only way that we discuss disagreements in theology. That is the only way we discuss theology in general, even if we agree, is from the living word of God. After careful study, not just ripping it out of context and proof texting to fit our agenda. Listen, I have had several doctrines in my life over my several years of being a believer that have been changed as a result of studying the scriptures. Now, I don't look back on my life and say, well, I wish they would have taught me this to begin with. No, because we all are in this. We're reading and studying for ourselves, and the Lord reveals to us in his timing what we need to know, how we need to know it, and how we should understand it. And listen, at the end of the day, I'm willing to say this. I could be wrong in my theology. I could be wrong in what I believe when it comes to doctrine. But we cannot say that we're going to argue, cause division, and quarrel if somebody doesn't like the theology being presented. That's why I think that pastors should go through a two, three-week time with the church before they're called to be the pastor there. And And church members should ask pointed questions to the pastor, and the pastor should be honest with his theology. There's another brother that I've been uh, following on social media that his beliefs and the theology he holds to came into question, and he had already conveyed his theological stance with the search team before he was called to be the pastor. Now, after a short time as their pastor, they've called him in for a meeting and has said, your theological stance is troublesome, and ultimately this brother has tendered his resignation and is now looking for another church. They didn't call him in to sit down and talk with him through the Word of God about theology. They called him in to say, there's some in the church that are troubled by your theology, and basically you're going to have to go. This happens too much. It happens way too often, and it has to stop. And that's why you can be an agent of change in your church. If you're not a pastor, if you're just a, a church member that's listening to this podcast, if, if your pastor says something from the pulpit or on a Wednesday night Bible study or if somebody says something about his theology, then go talk to the pastor after you've studied the Word, after you've studied what has been talked about thoroughly. And then you let God shape your opinions and your thoughts, not what your traditions have taught you, But what God can teach you through his word, that's where you should find yourself if you disagree. Not getting mad and joining the gossip, not getting on that train. You can stop the hatred and the quarrelsome before it begins. If you would tell other people that are angry, hey, let's sit down together and study this and then go talk to the pastor. Right? Not just say because you've gone here for 100 years, you're going to get your way. That's not biblical, guys. That is not biblical at all. It doesn't matter how long you or your family. The church could be named 
after your family that have attended there for the last 200 years. But that still doesn't mean you get your way in God's church. Listen, it's not just theology. It could be a pastor that's making great changes to move the church forward. There's a book many of you may have have heard, some of you may have read by Tom Rayner, um, Who Moved My Pulpit? And people get mad over moving a pulpit that is old and broke down, and, and they don't want to see old historical memories move. And listen, I get it. I get memories. I get cherishing those memories. But sometimes within a church, we have to make new memories. We have to move forward for the sake of the gospel. We have to change things. Now, there are there is a time where some pastors can change things way too fast, way too much, and way too often. And there's a time and a place to change things, and sometimes we have to do it very slow, and we have to teach and educate our people on why we're making these changes. I remember uh, when we started to m- move toward a plurality of leadership and a plurality, per- plurality of elders in our church, I began teaching on the subject a year to a year and a half before we ever had the initial conversations of making this thing a legit uh, thing that's going to play out. And we ultimately uh, had our members affirm our first run of elders. And now we have elders and it's working beautifully in our church. Sometimes it takes time to train and teach the people on uh, what the changes are going to be made. And that's okay. But sometimes you have to let the pastor be the pastor. God hasn't called Aunt Edna. He hasn't called Uncle Tom. He hasn't called Aunt Betty. He hasn't called Cousin Sally. He hasn't called Brother Johnny. He has called the pastor there to pastor and shepherd the flock. And any pastor that takes his calling seriously will take the Bible seriously and will want to act biblically on everything that he does. So I want to encourage you, pastors, if you're listening, I want to encourage you to remain faithful to the Word of God. Don't give in to the congregation that is asking you to do unbiblical things just because it's, quote-unquote, their congregation. You are God's man called to that church to lead and teach and, and to dissect the Word of God for His people and to pray for those people and to shepherd those people So you keep doing it for the glory of God, not for the glory of man. So don't give in, don't give up, and just keep pursuing Christ in all you do. It's going to get troublesome, it's going to get tiresome, you're going to be weary, you're going to be on job boards, and you need to know that God has called you. So stay faithful. If you're a church member, if you're a deacon, if you're an elder in a church, hold your pastor accountable But let your primary preaching pastor do what he's called to do. He is called to shepherd that church. And if you're an elder, you're co-laboring with your pastor to shepherd the church that God has called you to well. So shepherd well according to the Bible. If you're a deacon and you have issues with the pastor, if you're not showing up for church, you have issues there. You need to show up for church. If you're a church member that's not showing up for church and you're getting wind of things that are happening uh, from a lunch table during the week, you need to show up to church and you need to have conversations with people that are there. You need to let the pastor do his job that he's called to do. I understand and I'm with you. Change, 
hearing things different when it comes to doctrine that you aren't used to, those are tough things. But be patient with your pastor. He has a family. He is called by God. And he's more more than likely moved his family across several states or across a state to be with your congregation. So be patient with your pastor. And I'm not talking about just be patient with him for six months or a year or two. Be patient with your pastor for the rest of his time that God has him at your church. Do you hear what I say? There's a difference in how long you want him at your church and when how long God wants him at your church. How long you want him there and how long God wants him there are two different things. So I would encourage you, read your Bible, study your Bible. When you come to hard things in your Bible, go to your pastor and talk with him and let him open the Word of God with you. Don't run to YouTube, Google, or your friends, but study the Word and go to your pastor. If you hear something that is maybe tough to hear, maybe it's something that you haven't heard, maybe it's something you don't agree with, study it from the Word and then go and talk with your pastor. Don't get a click to rally around to move him out. Don't look to send him on the first train out of here because one of the worst things that happens in churches is one person starts a, a text chain or a phone call chain or an email, and by the time you have one person that is acting unbiblical, now you have just caused two or three, four, sometimes seven, eight, nine, ten people to act unbiblical along with you. And then you do unbiblical things like kicking a pastor out of a position that God has called him to. And you may say, well, we called him here when we uh, voted on him. Well, God ultimately had you voting on him. Now, if you didn't vote on him to begin with, then God probably or may not, or he could have still called that man there. You just rejected what God wanted. and uh, Or else, if he you voted yes, then that pastor was called there by God and by the church. So you should let him lead. Give him time. Be patient and be biblical. I could go on and on talking about this, but some of you may have caught that uh, my voice is starting to try to go out. And uh, this is a good time to start winding down this episode of the podcast. Listen, if you've listened to this whole thing, share with me a story that you may have personally gone through or you may have seen a brother or sister in Christ go through. Uh, maybe if it's a, a sister in Christ, maybe it was her husband that was let go of a job or a pastorate. Maybe it was uh, somebody that was in children's ministry. Maybe somebody in youth ministry. Maybe somebody that was a pastor. Maybe somebody that was even a deacon or an elder. And if you haven't uh, seen anything like that, know it happens. So you should pray for pastors. Pray for church leaders because it's happening every single day. I encourage you to pray for your pastors. Pray for your leaders. But do let me know if you've heard something like this, if you've seen something like this in a church before, how the, the sheep have sheeped the shepherd, if that makes sense. How they've basically, how well a shepherd should shepherd the sheep, the sheep have sheeped the shepherd and moved him out. Give me a, some uh, uh, examples of that if you do. And I'm really going to go now because this voice thing is is heading south quickly. So, uh, Doctrine Matters Podcast at gmail.com. You can always reach us there. You can leave a comment on the Facebook page. You can uh, follow us on Instagram. And 
You can also find us wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, God bless you all, and uh, hope you have a good rest of your day.